Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. The latest edition, um, the editions of uh, Roald Dahl's children's books, they've been edited to remove language which the publishers believe could be considered to be offensive. And we're talking about references to weight, mental health, violence, gender and race. They've either been cut or rewritten. Um, and like there's pages and pages of examples and I was going through all of this. I mean, look, I might just give you one or two examples, though. Um, if you're a fan of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Augustus, Charlie's gluttonous antagonist, is no longer enormously fat, just enormous. And I have to say, I wonder, is that any less offensive? Um, in the new edition now of Witches, a supernatural female posing as an ordinary woman, maybe working as a top scientist or running a business. That's instead of as a cashier in a supermarket or typing letters for a businessman. So, like, is that not condescending that we're replacing cashier in the supermarket and secretarial work to be uh, replaced by a top scientist or the employer running the business. So I would have actually thought that that change was more offensive, to be honest. And there's loads, there's loads and loads of examples that we can sit here and go through today. Like, for instance, in, in the book, The Twits, the fatty folds of his flabby neck is now just folds of his neck. So I want to hear your thoughts on this today. Like, do you think these changes are necessary? Is it actually less offensive when you go through the pages and pages of changes? Tell me why this is better today. I want to hear your thoughts on this. Matthew is with us on the line in Dublin. Matthew, you're a publisher with Little Island Books whose content is actually aimed at younger readers. Do you agree with these changes? Hi, Andrea. Thanks for having us on. Um, I think what I would say is as a publisher... Look, I think there are kind of two issues here, really. People are upset about the actual changes themselves, and then there are also people are upset about changing the work of an author who is dead. Um, and there's kind of a third thing going on as well, I think, which is people are having a sort of an emotional reaction to changing treasured childhood uh, memories. Mm. You might need a psychoanalyst rather than a publisher to talk to you about that aspect of it. But um, the, uh, to, to, for the changes themselves, for me as a publisher, first of all, I think I would, you've got to see these as a business decision. You know, it's, it's a commercial decision. It's about selling books. Um, it's about kind of protecting the brand that they have, uh, saving off controversy and so on. Um, looking at the changes that I was able to just see on, shared on social media, uh, over the weekend, um, great majority of them I see as minor, and to me as a publisher, totally unsurprising and unremarkable. I mean, changing the kid who's enormously fat to enormous—that's a small detail, and I, you know, I don't think that really warrants <laughs> controversy. Some of the changes are more substantial. And I think some of them, unfortunately, were made in a pretty clumsy kind of heavy-handed way. They might have had, uh, you know, a children's writer with a sense of humour uh, make the rewrites that they needed rather than what looks to me like uh, sort of 
an editor making the changes and, and, and kind of diminishing the text a bit, unfortunately. But I think from what I can see, I'm not sure I've actually seen the whole uh, changes. From what I can see, those are really few, uh, just a few changes like that. And, you know, the stories, Roldan's stories, are, he's such an amazing storyteller, mm. such a great writer, so appealing for children. Uh, I, I don't see those changes substantially really harming the book. The question of changing a dead author's work is kind of more interesting. Um, you know, Roldan is dead. His books are still in copyright. There's that kind of fairly arbitrary 70 years after the author died within which the books are still in copyright. As soon as that 70 years elapses, anybody can do anything with any book, right? You can take a, a book by Charles Dickens and as far as I understand, you can make any change at all that you want to. You can remove offensive language. You can even insert offensive language if you want and you can publish it and there's, you know, you're entirely free to do that. Okay. So it's just that now we're in this period where the copyright is still active. It hasn't elapsed yet. Um, and so it's in the hands of the rights holders to make changes. Yeah. But it's a fairly so, arbitrary period. And in, in a sense, you know, once that period elapses, it's kind of uh, free for all okay. anyway. So when, when, when you say, Matthew, sorry, that the, 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 like these are commercial decisions, does yeah. that mean that the publishers and, and actually it's, it's Roald Dahl's estate or family were, were involved in the decision making of this too, actually, I should say as well. But mm. in cases like this, does this mean that the publishers are concerned that if they don't change the language, that it'll, they won't sell. I, I think it's a little unclear who's really behind this because the, the right, the full suite of rights, including copyright in Roald Dahl's books, has actually been purchased by Netflix. Um, from as far as I can tell, this process of making these changes was initiated before the Netflix acquisition. So it's a, it's a little unclear. Is this okay. really a Netflix action? Is this the estate doing it? Is this maybe the estate sort of looking to sell the rights and making changes that I think will make make the book okay, more but, appealing but, but, to but, purchasers? But, but as a publisher, like yes. when you look back, like and can I just we're talking about a book from the mid nineteen sixties. Yeah. Are you advising, you know, would, would you be advising an author or, or you know, whoever was in charge of the rights of the copyrights of the book that, you know, enormously fast, that'll have to be changed now to just enormous? I think if, if it was a living author looking to release a new edition of a work that had been published some decades ago, uh, they would be well advised to consider making some changes to their work uh, just to keep it in, yeah, in keeping with... Uh, with how attitudes change. And the thing about Roald Dahl is he actually made changes like this to his book in his lifetime. You know the Oompa Loompas in Charlie the Chocolate Factory? Mm-hmm. They were, he changed the colour of their skin from black to orange to, to, to make it less offensive. Okay. So there is an argument that this is actually perfectly in keeping with, with Roald Dahl. Yeah, oh, okay, fair enough. Will, will, will you stay with us, Matthew? Because I yeah. want to get a, a variety of different opinions on this today. I'd love to chat to, you know, to parents and... Um, when your when your kids are reading, you know any of the the old children's classics, d- does the language? Do, do you go and explain the language to say, well, that's language from you know forty odd thirty years ago? Uh, we, do we no longer use that phrase, or we no longer say that, or do you actively go out to find the new editions now that they're more kind of, I suppose, accepting in in today's society? Um, Marie is with us on the line. Marie, what's your thoughts on this? Should it be changed? No. Um I when I heard the news yesterday, I rushed to shop to try and get like an older copy. 
of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That was one of my favourite books as a child. So I managed to pick up a 2016 edition, um, which I was happy about. Now, I know that's been edited. So what happened with me is because I'm renting, I don't have a lot of storage. And when I moved to my current address, I had to give away a lot of my books to charity. And I was really upset. So I remember a friend was consoling me saying, you'll always be able to access them in the library. And that was only like a few years ago. I never thought that I wouldn't be able to, you know, access certain books in the library. And then, like, when I read the articles, I actually found what I was reading very non-inclusive and offensive. So there was phrases or there were sentences that were changed, like um, in one of the books, a middle-aged, an attractive middle-aged woman was changed to read um, a kind middle-aged woman. And then I thought, can a middle-aged woman not be attractive? And then, like, even the idea of um, the witches, you know, working in a shop. If a witch is working in a shop, they've access to the public. So that's a far more interesting character plot than some high prestigious scientist working in a reclusive lab that doesn't have access or isn't meeting the public on an everyday basis. I just, like... You know, to edit a book before it's published is one thing because the author is involved. But Roald Dahl is dead and he can't, you know, it's rewriting it. So how do you quote from a book? Who are you quoting from? The sensitivity readers? Like you're not quoting Roald Dahl anymore. And they actually added paragraphs. You know, they added a paragraph saying not everyone who wears a wig is bad. But I just, like, there's so many books I loved as a child. And I was thinking about The Lord, um, the Lord of the Flies, William Golding. That was one of my favourite books. And I thought, how did, they, how did they deal with Piggy? You know, he was bullied because he was fat. You know, how, it just, it's ridiculous. And the thing is, life is harsh. And I'd rather, you know, read about the harshness of life in a book than have it censored and have this, you know, sanitized version of reality that doesn't exist. You know, children are accessing awful things through their smartphones. And, like, editing a woman, you know, being, not being able to say that a middle-aged woman is attractive or, you know, all girls should be working in STEM in STEM areas. Hmm. It's, what about poor people who are working in shops? Are they not good enough? Like, for, it's just, I find the whole thing so so offensive and I think it's so arrogant as well. I mean I imagine if I was to turn around and say I'm a sensitivity reader, I'm going to rewrite Yates or some Nobel Prize winner. Like it's just horrible. You know, I don't want to to buy the work of, of a sensitivity reader. I want to buy the work of an author that I really like and I just felt like my identity and my childhood and everything about me, all of those books molded my mind and mm. I feel like I'm being erased you know that, okay. that the things that for me and have made me into the adult that I am like I'm no longer part of it's just as woke as okay. I'm mad. So, Sorry, I'm really upset. No, about it's all it. right, like, Marie. No, I can, I can. You know, you, you, and a lot of people are very, very, very passionate about this. Um, and I suppose on both sides of the debate. Let me bring in Pat as well, Marie. Stay with us if you don't mind, Pat. You're a parent. You know, do, do how do you feel about this? I, yeah. Can you hear me? I can indeed. Yeah. Yeah, great. Um, well, first of all, I just want to say your your previous caller touched on a lot of stuff that I was kind of thinking and was going to say. And she did it in a fantastic way. So, mm. well done to her. Um, 
yeah, I'm parents. Like we have, we have all these books for our kids, and we certainly won't be getting rid of them because <laughs> they might be contraband in the in the future. But um, yeah, like I just I, I think it's disgusting. I think it's disgraceful. I think I think nobody is asking for it. I think it's being pushed. I don't think there's a demand for it. And like the, the funny thing is, I, I don't think it's a like a financial decision either because the people who would like this kind of thing probably won't buy the books anyway because they think Roald Dahl is a racist or misogynist or anti-Semitic or whatever. So it's not really a good okay. well, I know, decision because yeah, well, they're not going to buy them anyway yeah. because they hate the author. To, to, so. when, when, when you're reading or you know your kids are reading some of the, you know, whether it's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or Matilda, whatever, you know, any of the classics, um, does reading material like this encourage you know, children to use out-of-date terms, Pat, or is it an opportunity for parents to say, well, we'd no longer say that anymore? Like, how, how do you work that? Well, like, I don't know. I, I, like, books are going to have some influence on kids. Now, it's up to the parents to say, like, okay, well, you know, put it in context. I think that's that's completely fine. But to rewrite it is just, it's Orwellian. Like, just by definition. Mm. Um I, I think this whole thing, and it's not just this, it's it's movies that are remade with um, different characters and different plots. It's cultural vandalism, in my opinion, is what it is. Um, and I think it needs to stop. <laughs> I, I think, like, if we're, if we're acquiescing to small things like this, how are we going to put up against bigger things, you know? Um, like, watch, watch any movie from the last five years, say, um, and you'll, you'll see changes that aren't from the source material yeah because like these people they don't know how to create things they only know how to corrupt things and destroy kind of beloved characters okay like if if they want if they want to make a a genre of books that's palatable for the more PC folk then why can't they do that why do they have to corrupt the existing material okay it's cultural vandalism I think it's absolutely sick Matthew's still with us as well. Matthew's a publisher, Pat. I don't know if you heard Matthew there at the start. Like, what about that phrase, cultural vandalism, Matthew? I, a few of the changes that I've seen, as I say, I think are are clumsily done, poorly handled. Uh, you know, look, a huge part of the appeal of Roald Dahl is the kind of the nastiness, um, the slapstick, the the way that these awful characters get retribution and so on. That's what kids love, and and they respond to that. And the sense of unfairness that he's able to generate, and then kind of getting people getting their just desserts after all this unfairness is built up and so on. It's so appealing to children. I love them. My kids love them. And I, you know, all of that is still going to be there. Is one one thing I would just try to reassure people. You know, looking at the changes that have been made that I've seen. Many of which, the majority of which, as I say, I find pretty unremarkable, really, from an editorial point of view. Um, I, I, I don't, you know, they're not rewriting the work in an entirely new way. They're making like small local changes here and there. But it's, but it's so a lot of the. It's a lot of the. I reassure them. I don't think they're really substantially no kind of harming. It's the, a lot of the, the very the descriptive language, though. It's the descriptive language that's that's really been altered from certainly from the from the, the you know the, the look through that I've had at any of the changes this morning yeah well I mean one thread that's running through it is about fat people being the subject of mockery or being seen as evil or being seen as mean or whatever like my son listens to Roald Dahl audiobooks he's, he's not old enough to read the books yet but listens to the audiobooks 
and I love them, he loves them. I, I admit I occasionally win at, for example, the depiction of a fat person uh, that comes out, and I think I don't really need him picking up the idea from this that, uh, you know, you go out in the world and you see you see overweight people and you um, you think that they're mean or that it's okay to laugh at them or whatever. So as a parent, I'm not, uh, I'm not too sorry to see those, as I say, small, minor changes about use of the word fat being removed. I don't know. I, I have to be. I think the word enormous is, ju- is just as bad. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, look, you can't, you can't change the character of Augustus Gloop and make him slim, right? Yeah, but, <laughs> like, but you know, that's not like, going to work. I'm not sure that some of the changes. Well, I don't know. I, I, I thought so. I can't see how you know if 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 we're if we're saying if fat is offensive, I can't see how um, enormous. Yeah. Well, I mean, is any okay, different? I mean, in that case, what's the problem with the change if it's so minor that it doesn't really? Uh, doesn't really change anything, you know. It's not. Okay. You know what I mean. Adina's with us as well, Matthew. Um, Adina, do you think that the language should be changed in in, Ro- in Roald Dahl's books or in any of the books from this genre? Um. Well, I don't. Uh, I don't think uh, uh, any books should be changed as such because who is. Uh, who decides what is offensive to whom and uh, how can we make the assumption that uh, it is going to be okay for most of the readers now that uh, somebody in uh, uh, somebody nameless in one uh, uh, publishing house has changed uh, certain words and certain descriptions that in 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 many ways made the scene made the situation come to life in the reader's mind and i i've read i've read some of the changes and uh, and they are just in, in mostly just dulling down uh, everything to the point of boredom and uh, how uh, how are we supposed to judge who is uh, going to be offended and whose offense whose offence taken is more valid than other people's offence taken. I'm offended uh, by the thought of uh, being uh, coddled to the point or children being coddled to the point where they are denied uh, development, personal development. I've read as a child so many uh, really questionable stories uh, when you look at the depiction of nationalities, of ethnicities, of uh, uh, political situations and uh, well I, I've read those and then I have read other things and uh, my mind changed and okay. my perception changed and I grew and all of these things happen and mm. they are supposed to happen and we are supposed to rub up again. Well you think we're supposed to learn you know learn from the, from the past and and be able to look back and read some of the stories like, we're t- like some of these books are from the mid 60s and read them in the knowledge that it was an entirely different time with considerably different social issues. And I would have thought that even for particularly even children's books, that when parents are, are chatting to their kids about the books or talking to them, if they're reading them to them, that, you know, it would be flagged that we, we don't say this or this doesn't happen anymore or whatever, rather than just effectively rewriting um, and actually dropping and removing some of the language and phrases as well, because that has happened in, in some of the books. I know in, in Witches, actually, in particular. Um, Marie, just a final question to you. Do, you went out to re- to buy Charlie and the Choc- Chocolate Factory, the yeah, original actually, version at the weekend. It's actually called The Complete Adventures of Charlie and Mr. Willy Wonka. So it's actually 
Charlie and the Cho- two books in one, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and the Glass Elevator. So that book was published in 2016. And the other book that was in Waterstones was published in 2022. So I didn't know if that had the, you know, if that had more edits in it. But it was like, I still remember some of the lines from that book, especially like the TV poem, you know, it rocks the senses in the head, it kills imagination dead, it builds and crushes up the mind. I remember those words. It had such a pr- profound impact on me. Mm. And I'm so glad, like the books that I read as a child weren't sanitized. I read The Diary of Anne Frank. Sure, that's triggering for lots of people on both sides of the divide, you know. And, and I read all of that within the safety of my home. So okay. I, as a child, I got this idea that the world isn't a nice, pleasant, happy, clean place. Far better to be prepared as a child and know what's out there through fairy tales or, you know, books like Roald Dahl. I mean, imagine if, if, if everything is presented as sanitized, the chalk. The shock the children are now going to get when mm. they go out into okay. the real world. Well, let's let's l- l- let's a- ask um, listeners and parents, I suppose, about that, Marie, and whether or not you feel this is necessary modernisation. Five three one zero six is the number. Look, Marie, Pat, Adina, and also Matthew too from uh, Little Island Books Publishers. Thanks a million for joining us here in the program today. Lunchtime live with Andrea Gilligan, brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk. A little earlier here in Lunchtime Live, we were talking about the latest editions of Roald Dahl's children's books have been edited to remove language, uh, language relating to weight, violence, gender and race. Some of it's been cut and other parts rewritten. Um, the publish- publishers believe some of it could be considered to be offensive. And we've had a lot of reaction to this in the programme today. Nora is with us on the line because, Nora, you were a former school teacher. Um, did you ever use Roald Dahl books in the classroom? We did. Well, I did anyway. And I, in particular, I was just trying to think about earlier, what are the particular ones? And one of the ones is one that you never hear mentioned, which is Danny, the champion of the world, which they made a beautiful film of as well, um, with Jeremy Irons in in the main part. But that's about about a relationship between a young boy and his father and how they're trying to sabotage the local hunt of pheasants and it's very amusing and very and I used it with a second class who would be about eight years of age mm. and they just really related to it. I used to do it chapter by chapter and um, I, I know there was one child in the class at the time who who had um, just a father and no mother and he really related to the whole relationship. Mm. Yeah. So like Rodal, I James and I like BF. I love the BFG as well. You know the big friendly giant, mm-hmm. and there's lots of lovely stuff in that for children to relate to. Uh, I, yeah, it's. I know myself. I would have favourites, and I would have ones that I don't particularly like. But then, isn't that what we are all like in relation to books? And isn't that? How you know some books suit some people, some mm. books suit suit other people, and. So- yeah. Did the langu- do, do you feel the language should be changed then, Nora, looking back? Uh, I, I, I was reading up on this because I thought I just heard a rumour of it all and I was wondering what are they actually doing? I, I, just, I find a difficulty with rewriting this of an author's book. I mean, I, 
you know, an author is writes a book and he writes a certain way and or she he or she mm. writes a certain way. And and really if you don't if you want to change it, that's at the point of editing when the author is alive to say, okay, or I'm not going to be allowed that to happen if you don't want to put the book out as it is, don't put it out at all or whatever, you know. But I think when the author is dead, I mean, would we try and rewrite Charles Dickens? Would we... You know, I'm oh, sure we were talking about Jane Austen two or three weeks ago. We were putting trigger warnings um, for well, university students. Like this is, you know, for for you, we were going to tell university students, and there was trigger warning around certain the context of I think it was it was relationships and sexuality. And like my position on this is, you're in college. Like surely the whole point of going through university or whatever you know, it or whatever, you have to be able to step back and look at things from an, like, analyse the context yeah. of a conversation. Yeah. And, and we're yeah. sanitising the whole, I would think, an, an awful lot of that, particularly when it comes to, to third level education. Let me bring in Trish as well, Nora. Trish is, um, Trish is from the Halfway Up the Stairs. It's a children's bookshop in Greystones. Trish, I'm curious about this. Are, when parents come into you or into the bookshop, do they, are they concerned about the language in some of the books? Is it an issue for parents? Hi, Andrea. Um, it's, we don't really find it is a huge issue. We have had um, some customers uh, raise concerns about some of the language used in, in some of the Roald Dahl books, but then other customers have been very um, eager that they wouldn't be changed. So we don't really see it as a major issue, but I suppose um, where people do uh, bring it up, they would say that maybe as they were, are reading the books to their children, that they may find it an opportunity to... Um, you know, have a discussion with them about how these particular words aren't used anymore. Um, so, yes, we do have a few people raising them, but not mm. very often. And we don't find that it is that it would affect the sales of the book or the popularity of the books. Because that was a point was made earlier today. And I, I thought it was very interesting that, you know, often these are made as commercial decisions. And my read of that is that maybe publishers feel, you know, you have to rewrite or change some of the language to fit in with today's, uh, conform to today's norms in order not to, to, to affect the sales. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose um, in these days where, you know, we're, we have more, the publishing world is trying to be more inclusive, um, that they are doing their best to, um, to, to use inclusive language in their books. Um, I suppose the, the, the sales, <laughs> it's, it's the bottom line. But mm. in, in general, the, the industry is trying to be a little bit more inclusive um, and not to maybe alienate um, different people um so you know i think um that that you know sales is always going to be what is going to drive uh, the bottom line these changes yeah but but you know they, they are trying to be more inclusive kevin flanagan um is an author and travel writer kevin how would you feel if the if your publisher was to ring you up today and say listen um we're gonna we're gonna rewrite and drop paragraphs and phrases I don't think they'd ring me up. They'd ring me up when I'm when when you're dead is the problem here, and I think the motivation, as one of the the other speakers said, is purely to do with money. I mean, if you look at the principles behind it, um, I just did a little bit of research before coming on. Uh, Shakespeare uh, in uh, Henry the Fourth describes someone as fat as butter. Uh, Chaucer has 
incredible language uh, that would be deemed incredibly offensive. The Bible is full of words. That, so where do you start and where do you stop? Um, I think it's uh, actually, uh, it, I think it's completely wrong. Um, copyright, you know, the right, that is the author. They should now put on the Roald Dahl book. This is not a Roald Dahl book now. This is the Roald Dahl with, that has been edited. And and I think it's a sort of, it's a pipe dream. I mean, I have an, eight, uh, an eight-year-old and a six-year-old uh, grandkids, and I spend a lot of time with them, and we've read, mm. and they've never brought that up. My my real worry with eight, my eight- and six-year-old is um, there are much more uh, dangerous things in the world we live in. For example, uh, recently there was research done by the British government which showed that um, pornography has been viewed by people as young as nine, uh, that, for me, would be much more uh, something to be mm. worried about than whether you're going to call yeah. Augustus fat. I, I, think it's, I think it's really offensive, um, and, and I think it's just woolly thinking, they, 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 and it's actually based upon money. Well, I, I would have thought a lot of the learning in this is, is being able to, to look at a book or re- read a book or read a book with your children and acknowledge that you know, it's a book from, for instance, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or whatever, the mid-60s, the early 70s. And surely the learning in that is that there is discourse and discussion around the fact that we're talking about something from a different time. Like, we're, 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 we're able to move on from that and acknowledge that the language is out of date in today's society. I, I would have assumed that was surely a part, a part of the whole learning in this. Kevin Flanagan, thanks a million, Kevin, for getting in touch. Trish as well there from the Halfway Up the Stairs Kids Bookshop and Greystones and Aura too for getting in contact. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.